Before I play this week's episode, I'd like to play a recording I took from a run I did last week with Paul Minter, who is running the entire coast of the UK. He was two and a half thousand miles into his uh, journey when he approached Portsmouth last week, and I greeted him and some of his running friends as they got off the Hailing Island ferry. Um, so I joined Paul for a few miles along Southsea as he was approaching Gum Wharf, where he was stopping for the night. And yeah, it was good to catch up with Paul and for him to tell us a little bit about why he's doing the run, um, the charity he's running for called Head Up. And yeah, I'll play that recording first before we head over into this week's episode. So here's Paul Minter when he was running through Portsmouth last week. I'm enjoying you. So I'm here with Paul. Paul Min- it's Paul Minter, is it? Yes. I've only just started following myself today. So. Okay, Paul Minter, Head Up Charity. Head Up Charity. Go check him out on Instagram, social media. But Paul is doing... A five thousand mile, or probably roughly, yeah. It could, what if it's five? What if it's four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine? I'll have to do the extra mile. <laughs> you will do the yeah, extra. No, I will definitely do we'll extra. be watching. But yeah, Paul. Paul's great. Paul's landed in Portsmouth today, so I've come to join him and some of his friends along the stretch of the seafront, and we're about a two mile, or probably one point seven miles away from Gunwolf Keys. Okay. So I'm stopping and then off to Isle of Wight for three days of running tomorrow. Brilliant. The Isle of Wight is beautiful. You'll love it. The coastline there is pretty great. Just be careful of the falling cliffs because okay. they are degrading. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'll be great. So it's, it's been a pleasure to join you today. And um, can you tell us a little bit about kind of like what the aim is of the Heads Up Charity and uh, what you're aiming to do with the run? Yeah, so I'm running 5,000 miles around the UK islands, uh, promoting Head Up Charity. who are developing a seven-day positive mindset retreat for veterans and armed services of all, of all services. Uh, there's over 5 million people that can use them. And we're just going to teach people... Um, for seven days, how they can holistically improve their own mental well-being and mental health through multiple different therapies from nutri- better understanding about nutrition, yep. um, meditations, journaling, visualisation, animal therapy, music therapy, and a bunch of others. That's and amazing. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of that kind of like bettering yourselves and becoming healthier life kind of through lifestyles. I guess I think it's a great thing to do, especially for ex-armed forces people. So I think uh, that's just absolutely amazing. And wanted to just wish you luck from everyone in Portsmouth and I was hoping a few more would join us but hopefully they will later on or around the Isle of Wight or something so uh, Paul we wish you all the best good luck thank you very much cheers hello everybody and welcome back to episode I don't actually know what episode it is so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it up and just say it's 50 something of the Portsmouth running podcast um, as always, I am your uh, co-host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and I'm delighted to be joined by my Glastonbury recovering good friend, uh, metal boy, David Harvey. David, how are you doing, dude? Good day, mate. All right. How's it going? Uh, like, this has been, it's been ages since we've done this. I know. It is, I know. Is, and I know, but um, we've got so much to talk about, and I'm so excited to talk about it, but... I'm just back from Glastonbury, so um, I'm actually really, really surprised that I'm not croaky as anything. I should be <laughs> like croaky and um, knackered, and by all rights, shouldn't be able to talk about anything at all. So, <clears throat> so yeah, had a banging weekend. But how about you? How how are you doing? It's been it's been too long, Dan. Too long. I know, I know. And and listen, I've, I think do you know what? I'm I'm actually going to extend my apologies out to to the listeners and and to you as well, Dave, because. I think you've reached out a couple of times saying, you know, we need to record, we need to catch up because you've had your Hardmores 200. Um, I've had Grand Union, um, various training bits and bobs happening and obviously, you know, Glastonbury and 
Hetty's getting bigger, and there's just been so much happening over these last um, these last few weeks that. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. So I'm I'm apologising. Everyone listening, so sorry about that. But we have got a cracking uh, discussion lined up, Dave, and I think. Um, I so. I yeah. Think I, I feel like there's been a lot of life in the last kind of month or two, Dan. Like there, there's been a lot going on. I, I've experienced so much stuff and had so much to look forward to as well. Um, yeah. You know, balanced with the shit show that is having to get up and go to work every day and oh God. the uh, drama that comes with that, but. There's been a lot going on, man. So literally just, um, yeah, Monday morning, got back from Glastonbury and spent <laughs> all of Monday and all of Tuesday seriously fucking recovering from that, man. It was, it's, I put on Facebook, actually, over the weekends that it, it is an endurance event and I'm glad <laughs> yeah, I that I'm pretty, pretty well trained for it because it's... <laughs> It's an endurance event in in many many different ways, um, and it's I, I don't know I've been there three times, man. It gets under your skin. Um, it makes all other festivals look absolute crap. Yeah, it's, it's massive. The the lineup is never anything that I'm interested in, but I don't care about that. It's that's not what it's about. Um, and you know, had sort of one of the most sort of memorable six days of my life, really um so uh, and i really appreciate like it being around because every time you go to it it is you know it gives you a unique experience and you know it makes you emotional when you when you leave the place because it's it's just so special oh, um I, I i can't really praise it enough and i don't think anyone that has ever been to the festival can really praise it enough because it is it's just phenomenal um, sounds it sounds amazing and, and and also i believe you this year you had like some some styling accommodation which i saw you posted as well so, you had some yeah. silver caravan yes so um <clears throat> so uh, a couple of weeks beforehand one of our friends had a entered a competition and it, and there was and the competition was a to a, like a four birth caravan like one of those silver airstream retro caravans and she ended up winning that with four tickets in a place called Love Fields, which was sort of mm. like sort of independent, but at the gates. So we we didn't have to stay in any of the crap tents, and you know, be be next to the the idiots that you don't want to be next to that are peeled up at three o'clock in the morning, screaming and shouting, and you know, sharing their most sort of heartfelt stories with each other. And I assume um, that so, gave you so, gave you access to better toilets and like shower facilities and stuff. Uh, we had a TV, we had a gas cooker, oh. we had a toilet, we had a shower, all inside the caravan. Um, and on top of that, there was like quite literally a. It was almost like an a la carte dinner. Wow. And breakfast served in in a tent. So we just needed to sort of roll out at nine o'clock in the morning, go and have a really awesome breakfast, and then we were set up for the day. Um, Blimey, dude. That sounds awesome. It was incredible. It must have been worth absolutely thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, so it's we'll, we'll probably never be able to do Glastonbury in that way again. <laughs> That's what I was saying, dude. I was just thinking that as you were talking about that. I was like, how do you go back next year and go back to the muddy fields and, and, and shitty toilets? <laughs> right, if, you, if you've won the lottery or if you're, if you're very rich, then it's the way to do it. Honestly, it was absolutely fantastic. So, mm. yeah, I mean. I, I'm assuming you got you got no running done. 
Oh, no. I, there, I noticed there was a, a running group that ran around the perimeter fence every day because I think the fence is something like 10k or 10 miles round. Oh, cool. It's, it's a massive place. It's, I think it's the size of Bath. So it's basically they, they build a city. Blimey, and, um, huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And I, I've been three times and still not seen all of it. Um, there's still places that I'm discovering and I think everyone's in the same same boat when it comes to that because there's just no way that you can see it all but sounds um, good dude. sounds epic well I'm glad you survived it and uh, yeah. quite surprised you didn't go out for the uh, perimeter run with the group did you, did you think <laughs> well, about it most mornings I was uh I was dancing till sort of 6 a.m so I don't think I'd ah. have been in any great shape to <laughs> do that so they've got do some you, really amazing stages man I, I think i shared some pictures of it with you and it was it, yeah just fantastic like it blows your mind what they do there it's mm. it's amazing so brilliant oh it sounds it sounds absolutely awesome dude I wonder, I wonder if those runners just go there and have like a you know like a quiet night and like yeah you know, i've got to get up for my 10k the next morning and uh go back go back to campsite like early so they can get up for their run yeah maybe maybe i mean you get all sorts there but there's not i have no doubt there's lots of sober people there i was far from sober for most of it so mm. not in any state to run but i you know I, it would be a unique run wouldn't it oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be that'd be good i have to see if i can find some uh, some traces on strava anyway of glastonbury but <laughs> <laughs> So, now listen, I, I've got to ask you, um, obviously, like, you know, we've, we, we're have we going to have to stretch far, quite far back through the weeks now to kind of uh, start where we left off. But the last time we recorded, you you told us we, you were doing um, the Hardmores 200 and kind of prep had been but up and down. You'd had like a couple of niggles and stuff like that, but you were feeling OK, I think, just before the race. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know if any of the listeners know at the moment like what happened but i would love to kind of chat to you about about kind of hardmores 200 H- how about you came to uh, to enter it like had it been on the list because you've done hardmores before i think you've done the one of the shorter distances yeah yeah so oh what an, another interesting experience um so what what i want to f- first start off saying because i want to i want to start on a positive note because the positive cool. note is that Hardmore's races are the, the friendliest races that are around um and the people the organization um the camaraderie the, the sense of teamwork amongst the crews and amongst the people that you're running with is has been one of the most like joyful and rewarding experiences that i've had while running okay. um, and even though the race didn't go my go the way that i wanted it to go i walked away from it you know you know with a new love of hardmores and i'll i'll be back you know for i wanted to go and do all their races now because firstly john Steele is an absolute gent yep and from the start to the moment where i phoned him to say that that i I can't i can't carry on it was you know it felt like the sport was there and that you were being supported along it oh that's nice And, and it was it was genuinely a lovely lovely experience so i just want to sort of get that in there first before i go into sort of like my own experience which wasn't such a positive one what a great way to open dude great way to open so um in in the in the weeks building up to it we we drove to kent and by the way this isn't any excuse at all but um we drove to kent and we took hetty with us okay and and the the car drive was a like real massive challenge because she was just screaming 
for ages and I was and when I was both Heather and I got to Ke- Kent uh, our friend's house in Kent feeling oh dude you know what I don't I don't think that we can take he- Hetty up to Hull now I was supposed to have he- um, Heather's mum and Heather and Hetty up there with me to come and crew me yeah they've crewed me before they absolutely they you know he- Heather's run ultras before she knows exactly what you need yeah they always they're always really good with you I've, I've, I've obviously encountered them before yeah and so, uh, yeah so they're very good at the last minute I, I had to change my um my plans and, and my mum bless her was uh said yeah I'll, I'll come up with you uh, and she was fantastic for the whole race you know in fact and, and gave me exactly what I need but it just it, it sowed that element of doubt and it made it a, a more stressful approach to it than it should have been yeah, it kind of shakes the tree a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And I don't think it had any impact on my race. And of course, it didn't have an impact on my race at all. But um, it was it just didn't make the, the build up as happy as it sh- as I should have had it, really. Anyway, we, we drove up to Hull and we stayed in in an Ibis in Hull. And it was, you know, pretty, pretty dodgy, really. But, you know, Hull, <laughs> Hull, is, Hull I think, through the years has got a pretty bad rap. OK. But we had a little bit of a walk around and it's, it's got some really beautiful parts to it, man. Um, okay. And we had some f- fantastic pizza and lovely ice cream, you know, some of the best ice cream I've ever had. And and that that kind of like lead into the race and that night went really, really well. So you start, you know, you get you have to get up early as you always do in the bloody races, you know, sort of like they're, they're normally six or seven a.m. starts. Yeah, yeah. Re- remembering that this is a 200 mile race for those listening, yeah, not 200k. <laughs> so I must admit that I, I didn't think it would be as hilly as it actually was. So, so what it does is it is basically it takes you along the Trans Pennine Trail. You start in Hull, and you head towards the Humber Bridge, and then you you sort of go through this Trans Pennine Trail for a bit, and then it takes you onto a trail called the Wolds Way. And you do around 80 miles of of that, um, which is, and, and then you start the Cleveland Way. Yep. And that's the start of the one, the Hardmore's 110 route, which I think is quite a famous um, race for for the UK. You know, it's up there. It's one of the sort of well more well known races. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen um, part of that route because we, um, I've uh, I've crewed for my friend Colin on the on the last bit of that race, and I remember I remember it was called the Cleveland Way, and it is it is stunning. It's you know it's a beautiful place. In the whole two hundred miles of it, I'd imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can see where this is going. I'd imagine are beautiful. Um, the first bit was a little bit like running around Portsmouth. So you sort of start get given your t-shirt. You know, meet. I think it was only twenty four other people that were having a go at the two hundred miler. Um, so. You get that usual thing that I'm sure you get. You got at Grand Union as well, where everyone's sort of standing around. There's that sense of sort of nervous anticipation. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> shitting yourself in quiet, I call it. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then and they they sort of did a roll call, and you know John Steele, who is you know like a guy that has run over a hundred ultras, and he's finished Mark Cockbane's Hill Race. He's a massive guy. <laughs> got us all to uh when he called out us a name our names got got us to answer with yes miss so it was quite a nice kind of like light-hearted start to the race sort of you know telling this old 
like basically a legend that he's a miss and you know just it was just it was fun you know but um when we started you, you sort of like just take this normal route down to the seafront and then it's a bit like doing seven miles of Portsmouth seafront with a bloody headwind oh lovely <laughs> good like, start yeah early on it was it was really kind of like difficult to uh judge your pace because a you're running 200 miles um b there's a headwind should you be running or should you just like walk those first seven or eight miles so that you don't put too much effort into it yeah um, was it pretty strong as well was the headwind yeah pretty strong? it was really strong so even doing sort of nine ten minute miles i felt like i was running too fast and yeah it just felt felt kind of difficult and then you get to their aid stations and their aid stations are so modest it's just like you know bag haribo cheer charge bars bit of water like um like you might get some crisps or something they're, they're not like centurion aid stations where you have you know melon <laughs> and pineapple and all sorts of different nuts you know it's it's just like take what you need and then top up at yeah. the aid station type thing so the first aid station came relatively quickly seven or eight miles but then as you started to go get onto the world's way you would start to see crews a little bit more and you know like <laughs> my crew was just my mum and I, I didn't want to I wanted her to sort of come up up north and you know come to Hull and to see around the North York Moors and to, to experience the place herself rather than just following me around yeah okay yeah, you know bearing in mind that this is I could have been out for potentially two and a half days 60 hours you know she she's 70 and I can't expect her to to follow me around so that's difficult to judge eh? that's really that adds a kind of another level of complexity for you as a runner as well yeah so I would say to her let's sort of like meet here that would be 20 miles at uh, 20 miles time and It'll be an opportunity to get some pasta and then, you know, fill up, have a few more gels in my bag. And then I'll meet her in sort of 20 miles time after that and then grab a few cheer charges on, along the way. And I, I was loving it. It was, you know, the, the World's Way Trail is is like the North Downs Way, but without the M25 there. <laughs> okay. um, so you get these like really steep hills. Um, it You can't get any kind of decent... Um, you can't get into your pace you can't get you can't get into a good kind of like rhythm and some and when you do get a hill it would be like the back of uh, grandfather's bottom at butts a hill so it would just be like a, oh, a sheer drop or, or a steep up and that and that was like the story for a lot of that first 80 miles so um I, you know met met a wonderful person called Lindsay and we spoke about Thai, Thailand for a little bit and had some pizza at um, one of the points and had a little bit of like the usual stuff where you you know maybe eat too much and then your stomach starts to go so but that's so nice though when you get to meet people and and kind of like find some find some common ground and a chat and stuff it just it really helps the miles tick by yeah it did yeah and there was a particularly big hill when I was talking to her she was from Edinburgh and she she was so so incredibly positive and um yeah we spoke about thailand and spoke about life and all the usual stuff you know probably oversharing at certain points um but, but it was wonderful and, and the weather was absolutely perfect but it was tough man it was it, it 
although it, it was going really really well for me like energy wise and you know generally nutrition wise it, it all went perfect and my head was pretty much in it the whole time yeah it it it, it was hard you know and the the, the trail was it, it took me aback I thought you know given that we're doing sort of 90 miles and then starting the hard moors 110 which is <laughs> notoriously difficult I started to kind of think maybe oh well this um, I should have probably done some done some more hills in my training and been a bit more kind of like strict with my lifestyle and with my um with my rests and stuff in my training and but that's like kind of like quite that, normal, isn't it, for that for these distances? You do really, really start to question yourself in those in those later yeah. miles, anyhow. But having that having that thought in your head creep in, where it's like, just keeps reminding you you've got 110 miles to go. That's like you could yeah. just do without that. Yeah, well, you can do without that. And I remember seeing this Western States film a few years back that calls it life in a day, like doing oh, yeah. an ultra. And I think I do think that is true because you start positive, you have your ups, you have your downs, you have the moments of anxiety, moments when you want to cry, then you know intense jubilation and joy. It all happens, you know, it all happens, and then you, you have that sort of fierce determination, and then you question whether you can do it you know like and and it can happen really quickly over a short period of time i mean you can go from being top of the world to being an absolute mess within 30 minutes can't you um, yeah which is to me is the is the joy of the challenge um <clears throat> so i i got I had a pretty good night section and then you know you obviously met some good people and like uh, had some more food and then i said said to my mum you know like at one of the aid station points i'll take some food for the night you you bugger off you go and get a good night's sleep and i'll meet you in scarborough okay which so, is which, um, which would be how many miles so that was about 100 miles in so 95 okay. 100 miles and um and uh the sort of like ha had a pretty good night section started chatting to this guy that was from um oh what was his name um, but I knew from the the Mark Cobain forums and, you know, recognised his name and we had a chat for a bit. He was going back onto the ship because I think he was Filipino and and have works in the na like sort of merchant navy. OK. And so he was a nice chap and we shared some miles together and, you know, hiked up in silence up, up some stupidly steep hills. And, you know, like I had those emotional moments where you see some sort of like beautiful landscapes and stuff and you know and you just sort of enjoy the whole experience but um i, I started to get this niggle through the night in, in my calf muscle and it was sort of like where the tendon from i think from your hamstring joins your calf muscle yeah and and like and i you know what you do when these things happen and you start to think oh bugger it i'll just ignore it so Boshed some paracetamol that sort of kept it at bay for about an hour and then it just sort of started to hurt again and uh got to the sort of 80 ish mile point and we were getting on for filey brig which is where you where you do the uh start the hardmores 110 route okay and uh had sort of like started to limp a little bit was messing around with my gait to see if I could try and you know try and change my gait so that I could keep on running and then give that little bit of a bit of a rest but none of it was really happening 
okay. and the, the steeper the hills got the you know the more it started to hurt and then there was uh, the terrain was really uneven because re- the Yorkshire Wolds Way really isn't a well-trodden path man it's like you know it's like a dog walker's trail it's it's a bit more you know it's a bit more like those side trails off of the off the south downs or the north downs way where you you've got a lot of stinging nettles and it's you know the the, the ground yeah. isn't very well trodden so um it was all starting to just hurt a little bit but got down got through to the town just before the filey brig um aid station and was running really really well at that point so i thought oh, even maybe with the I'm pain sorry even with the pain you were still moving like okay yeah so so yeah um and and was just running really well with it and went went across the beach and managed to because you have to go like when you go to filey brig you you go across the beach and if the tide's in then tough crap (laughs) you get wet feet um and then sort of climbed up to to see some uh, old friends from doing the hill and from lateland hundred that kind of thing and had a really lovely chat with them and just sort of told him about my situation but I was just gonna crack on and ignore ignore it really okay. um but it was you know it's just lovely to see them because I although I'd met some wonderful people I hadn't seen any familiar faces really over that over the last sort of 20 hours or so okay and I think I must have managed 85 miles in that point you know um uh, and then and then it was around I think 10 miles to Scarborough and that's where it started to really go downhill and uh, my 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 leg just got worse and worse and worse and it was like every step it was like someone shooting me in that part of the calf and I was like and and it was really hard to swallow because I knew that I had to stop but I thought right what I can do is control the controllable so if I just get to Scarborough to see my mum I can change my shoes I can get some tape to put on it I can you know just give it a massage I can um you know just do do all of these things that I I can do to help myself carry on because my head was fine and I didn't want to stop um so over the next few miles I just went down to sort of like you know struggling to do 25 30 minute miles okay um, sorry no, I was just saying like 25 to 30 minute miles or 30 minutes of running, did you say? So, no, 25 to 30 minute miles. Okay, okay. So, it, yeah, it moving really slow. It starts to go down yeah. to and it and I just slow down and slow down. But, um, and then met my mum in Scarborough Seafront after a period of sort of like frustrating confusion where um, I probably wasn't as nice to her as I could have been, to be honest. But she was, we met each other there and she had a bunch I'm sure she up. understood, dude. <laughs> so... So I necked it and next next the pasta and changed my shoes into some Salim and Ultra Glides that are much more cushioned. So because I thought that might help it, and then you know like tried to have a run and it just wasn't happening. So you know, and it was those situations that one of those ones that I've DNF'd in the past because I've lost my mind and been pulled out of the race. I've DNF'd because I have um, been a wimp. Not DNF because I've been a not uh, not paced it properly and have been at absolute pieces and not eaten enough. But I'd never DNF because of an injury. Okay, so and, a unique experience. Yeah, so so my head was in the right place, my body felt fine, my hips were fine, my muscles were fine, my body was in that 
place where it was I know I've got 105 miles to go and I can take it on but this point in my calf was saying no you've got to stop and and you've got to listen to your body haven't you so it was a total fucking anti-climax it really was and I just sort of like got in the car and was like oh you know I've run 95 miles in about 22 23 hours or something like that I could have gone so much quicker but I had paced myself but you know my calf wasn't up to it and and it yeah it was hard to swallow man I bet I bet it's it's you know oh yeah I know that feeling man and it doesn't matter what takes what what you stop for whatever the reasons are it's, yeah it's really really hard to swallow but it sounds like when you when you've at least got a physical limitation there that you know you have a good solid reason there that you, you know yeah. i don't know how sore you were afterwards when i when i'd seen you the week after and stuff and it sounds like the decision you made and the, the fact that you were forced out from that it, there was just nothing else you could do because 100 yeah. miles, you can't you can't carry on for 100 miles on that dude no there, there was no doubt that it was the right decision to make absolutely no doubt um it was just a massive anti-climax yeah so but would i go back and try it again hell yeah is it the hardest thing that i've ever attempted most likely that makes it really appealing as well so um you know there was half a dozen people that finished it and so i know that i could that i could do it in the future so you know did your um question for you did any of your friends that you saw on route um like the lady from edinburgh and stuff did they finish uh, no, she made it to Raven's car, which was probably 15 miles after me, and then loads of tendons in her ankle went or something like that. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's a punishing course, but it, like, come and do it, man. It's it's beautiful. So I'm sure it'll like be to. an epic experience. Yeah, I would I would like to go up there and do the hard moors. I guess he does the, the 200 option every couple of years or three two yeah years, really? so next one's 2024 and then next year at the same weekend it would be the hardmores 110 and the hardmores 160 okay so the 110 is like their flagship race and then the 160 is the one for nutters okay and um okay. But, you know <laughs> you see we were in whitley whitby i think um going to get some dinner and you could see some of the hardmores 200 plate people coming past and they look spent um Jeez. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful race, beautiful people. Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely up there. I wasn't w- w- when I went up and paced um, Colin, my friend, who, who's actually been on the show. I think Colin was um, the second ever guest we had on this uh, on the on the podcast, second or third guest. Yeah. Um, and he obviously ran, yeah, ran the the, the one ten. And I remember going up there and kind of always hearing, you know, you hear these stories as, as a runner, you hear stories of the north and how. You know, I, I always think like maybe a little bit more rain and stuff. And I, and I never think it's going to be as picturesque as it is. And then you go up there and it's like, wow, it's just absolutely yeah. stunning. Yeah, stunning. it is. It is. I need to go see all of it, though, Dan. <laughs> so, Dave, so for you, it was it was just about 100 miles for the, for the day, which is which, which which is where you called it, which is still, you know, like really good distance. And I know it kind of didn't end well with you doing those those kind of like long long miles kind of grinding it out to the to the aid station but it's still 100 miles and you know the fact mm. that you can go out there and kind of give it your all and, and get that distance done on that terrain is you know it's still pretty pretty incredible yeah. and i know yeah. you kind of want to focus on getting over to chamonix for uh tds so that's your kind of next on the on the goal yeah, line yeah it's next on the agenda yeah but, um but dan grand union man grand union you've you've Tell, tell us all about that because i know that you had 
he had to uh, settle some scores with that, didn't he? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I had so so many kind of like flashbacks before the race, just kind of thinking back to 2019 when obviously we ran it together and yeah. we shared a hotel room that uh, before that race as well. So we stayed in the stayed in the same hotel, which was um, the Jury's Inn in Birmingham, and travelled up on the Thursday with uh, my crew, who was uh, friend Jeff Stewart and Jason Skiro. Um, and again, Jason Skiro has been on the show as well. I think he was the first guest we had on. Um, but yeah, we, we traveled up, um, took a walk around Birmingham, went to the registration desk, which is kind of like the normal routine for the canal races, um, which was literally just a plastic table next to the canal where you start. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the that's the best thing about that. Cause you think, am I at the start? And then you just see the you see like what trail wizard there, Dick Kerr, yeah. and like just a few people drinking their cups of coffee and a little plastic sign. That's it. So, that's it. Leg- it's it's honestly it's it's just such a such a strange kind of like low-key event and feel but it, it's brilliant so yeah we, we we got there got to the registration desk on on the on the thursday which is the the, the day before the race because it starts on a on a friday morning and yeah got signed in uh got my number actually no i've already i already have my number but yeah signed in got a couple of things that, that you pick up from there which is some new maps with diversions on them um and yeah saw a few people saw i bumped into uh, ian hammett on on the night oh, before. Yeah. Mm. yeah and obviously michelle maxwell and her family who were uh whose husband michelle's husband chris was running running the race as well yeah and and the first time over something like 100k wasn't it he yeah, was... <laughs> yeah he's a, he was attempting this this crazy 145 mile race and yeah, I mean, obviously he's a phenomenal athlete, and and you know he looked in good shape and felt good, and what what a lovely guy as well. Um, oh, and it was yeah, it was just nice to see the Maxwell family, and obviously Michelle was was on the show a couple of a few a few episodes ago. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was really really good. Um, we just went back to the hotel. We um, uh, we we had a kind of relatively early night. I had actually had a good night's sleep compared to to like a lot of previous races. Which you, I think I did... probably slept the best. <laughs> um, I'd ever slept before a race, but it yeah. you know, later on down the line, which which I'll get to in a bit, was um, it didn't actually feel like I'd had a good night's sleep um, the morning after uh, about 100 miles in. But I'll I'll, I'll get to that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for those who kind of don't know, so it's a 145 mile race starting in Birmingham in in uh, Gas Street, and it heads all the way along the Grand Union Canal to pretty much central London next to Paddington Station. Yeah. So yeah, so we um I guess the, the morning of the race got up early, um had some breakfast. Um Jason and I kind of headed down, saw Jeff. We walked over to the start because the, the hotel's pretty much right next to the start. Everyone was gathering, like you said earlier, the kind of pre-race nerves, everyone's crapping themselves for for the start and um again bumped into Ian, bumped into a friend of mine, uh Homer, who I ran with at Kennet Navon last year. Who's yeah. a phenomenal runner. Um, it was great to see him. Uh, Jason and Jeff obviously saw a few of the, I think the Spartathlon athletes were were yeah. running it as well. So there was quite a few people that him and Jeff knew. Obviously Jeff had crewed Jason at yeah. Spartathlon as well. So it was good. It just felt like a really kind of like nice vibe there. And you know, before before you know it, you're kind of all gathering canal side and and again the wizard, the trail wizard Dick Kern does his big kind of speech and yeah kind of told everyone that next year they're running it back to front so they're doing they're doing london yeah. birmingham next year that's tempting um, isn't it yeah very tempting very tempting <laughs> first time and uh yeah you just kind of like before you know it, you're pretty much pretty much going you know you hit you hear that you yeah. hear the klaxon go and that's it you're, you're off mm. um 
and yeah, it was good. It was interesting actually. The first few miles, I um, I got running next to Ian and was it Sam Sam Armand? Yeah. Who's, yeah. Who's recently like been running in phenomenal form. She set like a few British records at the yeah. last hundred mile race. Um, yeah, I was having a lovely chat with them, and then we realised we'd gone off route, <laughs> just a, kind of like a oh, few miles of the race. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this kind of there was a few people following us, and we so, so there was a big kind of yeah. like shuffle, stop, turn around. Oh no, no, we were meant to go left 500 metres back, so we we all kind of like yeah. headed back, and then we yeah, I, didn't, it, I didn't see Ian and Sam again. It's better that you do that kind of thing when you're fresh and feeling positive, rather than when you uh, your positivity is through your boots. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was Did all. You, I've, I've got a question about those first few miles that is really important, and I hope yep. you're going to answer it properly. But did did you take a moment at the Black Sabbath Bridge to give some respect to heavy metal? We did, we did indeed. Did. And in fact, we we saw it, um, we saw it and paid some respect. And I sat on the bench the day be, the the day before as well. So did you? <laughs> Good man. Did, Good man. Did, J- did Jason not forward you on the photo? Oh, do you know? I think he may have done. I think he may have done. But I remember, I remember vividly when I first, when I, I did that race, I didn't realise that we were going past the Black Sabbath Bridge, and I stopped and was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. And like, had to take stock for a moment. You know, you know. What did, I'm and, like. and and you, you you were mentioned anyway when when we did that. So so you, you did come up in conversation. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what's there to say about that race? It's so difficult to summarise how how long that race is but you know pretty much the, the plan was just to kind of keep a steady pace i was running at about anywhere from from well, i guess like 8:50 to kind of nine and a half minute miling uh didn't do any walking really until about mile 42 when i'd seen jason and jeff a couple of times because i first saw them yeah. at mile 27 yeah, um, yeah and i kind of said to jace jace when did we start when do we normally start our walk breaks like you know because you do want to kind of start incorporating kind of like a a couple of yeah. minutes walk here and there or three minutes walking occasionally and he said to yeah. me oh dude we, we normally do that after a marathon and i was like oh god okay right i'm gonna definitely gonna do that now so, <laughs> so i was so i think i'd run i'd run a lot, lot for a lot longer than i thought i would um yeah which paid off actually because i think i ran my second fastest ever 100 mile during during oh. the race so i think it was about 21 and a half hours that's uh, not bad um, is it no 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 for the 400 miles but yeah i mean the the day was brilliant i ended up tagging up with homer um who i mentioned earlier as well um and we were kind of back and forwarding um all through pretty much the first hundred miles and another wonderful runner from from london called michael whose surname um i've forgotten already but uh, we follow mm. each other now on strava who was yeah just just brilliant company they were both running um unsupported which meant that they were just running from the aid stations which are quite far apart in grand union yeah. dave if you remember yeah so <clears throat> yeah my crew like uh, jason and jeff were just fantastic because they they offered a lot of help and guidance to um to a lot of the other runners who were kind of in the in the, in the same pack or same same positions yeah um, so they were kind of like crewing a few people as well which was which was really nice of them yeah that sounds a bit like hardmores really because i think it was Lindsay's crew every time they saw me they sort of stopped me and, and offered food and water and all of that There's, there is that element of teamwork about it isn't there yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's really good. And, and you know, what was really nice is that there was a couple of points, um, you know, the next day where I where I really wanted like a hot dog from the from one of the aid stations, and one of the uh, one of the the volunteers at the aid station kind of snapped at me um, as if to say like, no, you can't have one because you're supported. 
and I was a little bit gutted, but I, I kind of like, I was like, yep, no, absolutely. You're right. I can't because I'm, I'm, I've got my own crew, but then one of the other volunteers gave me a hot dog anyway. And I kind of made a point of saying like, like, thanks guys. I really appreciate it. But just to let you know, like my crew are also supporting a lot of the other runners as well. So it kind of swings in roundabouts, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but you know, I, I, I would never take the piss. I would never kind of, you know, no you know no. get really angry about it because i'm just kind of following the rules but yeah it was yeah. it was nice it was it, it was all right um what happened obviously i i turned 45 at midnight and became as celebrated my my 45th birthday i hope did ever i hope they sung happy birthday to you when they saw you <laughs> they did they did they did they actually had a, <laughs> i think it was it was at sunrise they they lit me a little birthday cake and oh, wow. <laughs> from the boot of jason's car which was which was fantastic you um and there was all these numbers 45 coming up all the time i don't know why but basically i, I think by that point i i had about 45 miles to run uh, <laughs> which was good so Going yeah, past 20, bridge 45, 45 yeah. as well and bridge 45a bridge 45 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude i'll tell you what there was a time in my life where i thought to myself you know turning 45 i'd probably be like you know drunk in a, in a club or bar somewhere and and you know to look forward kind of 20 years and go you were celebrating your 45th birthday a hundred miles into a race is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny how life life makes these kind of like weird changes, isn't it? You know. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. It's mad. It's absolutely mad. But yeah, no, the um the, the kind of last forty five miles of the race, Dave was was tough. Um, I spent, oh God, I must have spent about ten hours desperately trying to trying to stay awake. There was yeah. something, you know. I, I said to you earlier, I, I had like a really good night's sleep the night before, which is not like me normally. Yeah. Um, and I always suffer the bouts of tiredness, but this just did not go away. I had, I had three cups of sports barrister coffee, which, you know, one yeah. normally keeps me awake the whole day. Yeah. Um, and then finally after about, you know, eight hours or so, I, I had a Red Bull and that kind of, I think that probably just tipped me over the yeah. edge. Did you, did you not have just a quick 10 minute lie down to, to take the weight off your feet? And because that, that to me is can feel like a whole night's sleep when you're doing a race it really can okay yeah i should have done that i, I just did, i yeah. didn't think because i didn't have fear of stopping but i was just having this constant like yeah you know, just just closing my eyes and actually starting to see yeah. the, the dream pictures in your head starting to like it's weird how your your thought patterns become dream patterns it's yeah it's quite a, it's quite a bizarre feeling i know yeah like but, you know you can rationalize the way that you're feeling though can't you because is is a period of extreme exertion that your body although it's trained for has trained yeah. in snippets of four to five to six hours yeah exactly you know yeah. and you, you're, you're putting that training and you're putting your body through something that is you know that is incredibly tough to endure mm. and and its natural go-to is that oh man I, I need to sleep because that's the way that i recover you know, there's so much happens that when you're asleep that it's your body is going to want to go to that place because it's going to want to feel better. Yeah, I think do you know, I think that would have helped me actually. Having a 10 minute sleep would have saved me because I think I, I lost about four or five positions um, yeah. in the last 13 miles of the race. Yeah. But I'll t tell you something funny, Dave, a funny story, which I'm 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 kind of embarrassed to <laughs> to bring up on a on a podcast, but I'm gonna do it anyway because if you've run these distances before, you'll like, you'll understand. But toilet break. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I hit the low point of my life on that race. We had um we had turned left at Bulls Bridge, so we were heading into I think for the for the last kind of ten ten miles thirteen miles into London. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was a long section with a just a just a fence pretty much on the yeah. side of the of the path with a. With I know a few exactly where you stuff. mean. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I had to go. I yeah. just had to. My stomach was full. I, it, it, there was just no stopping me. And I probably, I knew that I had a stretch of about 100 meters that, you know, if I didn't stop, it was something bad would have happened. So the low moment of my life was me hanging with all my strength and probably trembling as well, one arm off, off of that red fence <laughs> with my trousers down, with my, with my yeah. shorts down. And yeah, just taking a dump on the side of the path, which was, I just, you know, I'm thinking about it now and I'm just, I'm so mortified and embarrassed. Was, was there anyone there to watch you? No, there was buildings on the oh. opposite side of the canal, which I thought, hopefully anybody in, the, in that building who's watching me right now, um, I'm never going to see again in my life. And, and yeah, they're not going to be oh. able to shout anything at me. But it's funny you should say that, man, because I remember, I vividly remember turning that corner for the, and it says 13 miles to go. And it and it was uh, probably six, seven or eight o'clock in the morning, that kind of time. Yeah. Uh, and there was these two women walking their dog. And you know, what? I'm like an ultra. I have the old vomit every now and again. Yeah. And I had some of those like shot blocks. Um, and as soon as they hit the back of my throat, I just projectile vomited probably about six feet away from them. Oh, my God. And, you know, I, I was, I, I looked like shit. I smelled like shit. I was covered in shit, but I had my race number on me and it was totally normal for my situation at that time. Yeah. So exactly. I just sort of shrugged it off and walked on and they looked absolutely <laughs> horrified. <laughs> oh my God. The thing, the thing, the situations you end up in on these races is absolutely yeah. ludicrous, but There's yeah. But dignity pro- goes out the window, Dan. That's it. That's a proper low moment. The last bit of, the run took ages dave you know what it's like kind of finishing off that distance yeah. it's it just i think the second time around finishing 145 miles it was it felt longer for me because i think the first time you kind of ride on that yeah it's the yeah, first time you know you, you, you you're stumping new ground you, you've never felt this way before you're looking at your watch and you're thinking 135 miles like this is ridiculous but yeah. <laughs> second time around i think you know in this in the same way they always say like a like a boxer or a, or a ufc fighter like to to defend one's title shows that you're kind of like a you know you, you you've, you've got what to take type, type thing and i'm not yeah. saying i'm not saying like i had to do that to to show that i've that i've got it because i've already finished it but it's that similar kind of thing isn't it it's like going back and doing yeah. it again is, yeah you know it, uh, for me it was it was definitely a little bit harder i think mentally yeah that that that, that i mean when you've done 100 miles before I, f- I found the um step up to 145 was excruciating at that point in that's in those last 10 15 miles um and since then you know like you, you've to in order to do it again you have to like i, f- I think your like pools of desire are, have been depleted by your previous attempt and so you really have to kind of like draw on that strength to to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree so, more. Yeah. yeah, I see what you mean because you know why why would you do it again? What you know you proved yourself once. What's the point in doing it again? So you know you, you do have to kind of like find that inner strength, don't you? And and it's a long way, and it's so easy just to sort of say no, fuck this, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, there was a few moments in in the race I, I kind of thought that, but I think I've like. I'm, I'm hoping that I've kind of battled most of the demons in terms of like, you know, if I'm not injured and there's, there's nothing going on, I think I'm okay. And like now pulling myself through, but yeah. 
oh it's uh yeah it does it does does take long but no it was great to finish it was lovely kind of coming through that finish where it was quite yeah. kind of like a busy sidewalk and you just you just go through the finish and there's loads of pedestrians around just kind of like walking under the finish line themselves and it's all a bit kind of chaotic and stuff but i managed yeah, to, yeah i managed a uh, 12th place which i was happy with and that's amazing and yeah. then you, you get the world's heaviest medal put around your neck it is isn't it it's like yeah you've got to kind of take it off because you don't have you don't have the strength to hold it but <laughs> yeah it was it was lovely to see dick kern again obviously we've mentioned him a few times but he's he's yeah. such a lovely chap and yeah, yeah you, you couldn't you couldn't be presented with a medal by a lovelier guy and um yeah just right. after that we, we literally just we just piled into the car and just drove um drove straight back home there's there's something that that right you know like obviously well done man because that's that's an incredible effort and to come 12 out of with you know in a race that has a 50 percent dnf rate as well tends to be something like that yeah is, is really really bloody impressive but there's yeah, there is something about that that race that is classic yet doesn't go too far to hype itself up it doesn't put too much effort in into it to become pretentious it's it's sort of like it just does enough to kind of like make you fall in love with it when you yep. do it because you know they, they they've they've got this sort of formula where they don't need anything else they don't need that all of the dressing to yeah. to sort of make it more bling you know it's it's it, it, i know some people that um particularly you know russ Bestley in in portsmouth it's his favorite race and i think it's for for those very reasons just about how low-key it is and 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 that's kind of its beauty and it makes it more romantic and it makes it feel more classic yeah um, absolutely. it's got a lot of history with it um so yeah to, to do it and to complete it is you know is an achievement man it's achievement of a lifetime so yeah and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm so pleased and I, I thought about you obviously in 2019 getting getting your amazing finish um and it that kind of like helped spurred me on and stuff and obviously like i've got a I've got to take my hat off again to my crew. They were, Jason yeah. and, and Jeff were just amazing. Honestly, yeah. they just superb. I mean, I must have been like a quite quite a miserable git at some point. <laughs> Jeff ran Jeff ran a few miles with me through the night, which was amazing because mm -hmm. Michael, who I'd mentioned earlier, another runner that I tagged up with, he actually jumped on the train and we were doing we were doing like a a run run a few hundred meters, walk a few hundred meters, run a few hundred meters, and everyone just kept each other going uh yeah just amazing like i would couldn't have yeah. done it without my crew that would just amazing so, yeah thank you, thank you jason thank you jeff <laughs> I, I saw your friend jeff oh yeah i was uh, about a week later because he did the south downs 100 didn't he that's right his first 100 miler yes yeah and he He's finished so positive um He's I saw him guy, start, yeah. and uh he, he told me how much fun it was following you around yeah it was um it, it must be you know i've not i've not crew I've, I've crewed not i've actually not crewed an entire race before i've obviously gone off and, and support run and run for a few people but i'd love to do the crewing next year once and just you know pay mm. it back and stuff and see what it's like to be on that side of the race yeah yeah so so if, if are you not tempted by london to, to birmingham then or no i don't think so um mm. I've, got, I've kind of got thoughts in my head of, of things obviously yeah, you know, the, West, the western states hopefully but at some point but uh london to liverpool yeah. or sorry liverpool to leeds <laughs> london to yeah, liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
so yeah so hope, hopefully maybe, maybe that one uh, i'm not really sure yet um what's going to be going on but listen just just very quickly how was the south downs 800 because you were you were helping out there i was i was uh, i did it a bit last minute because there was an email going around saying we've still got some gaps and um i've not crewed a centurion event for ages obviously i did south downs 50 um and it uh well i raced the south downs 50 but then saw that the south downs 100 needed some help and it's only up the road from me so so thought uh, i'd go and do it uh, and i had a really really good time um it was it was a good laugh and spent you know like loads of people you know there because it's because the community and one one of the good things about all the races that we've discussed today whether it's hardmores grand union or centurion is that there is this sense of community among, amongst them and this like sense of support amongst people that um don't know each other you know this they're, they're a friendly bunch and it's friendly mm. to be a part of and then i was and it was beautiful so i did registration and then stayed in the cool. tent and then went over to the country park dave um, i've got to, i've got to ask i've got to ask quickly when you do when you did the registration and obviously that that involved the kit checks as well uh, they don't do kit checks anymore ah. and that, that was a contentious issue because um apparently centurion hadn't explicitly said on their email um that in order to get your um get your tracker you need to bring your, your race vest okay. so i think people thought that there was no kit, kit check so you had people turning up for their number with nothing to put their tracker on oh right okay and it became a little bit of a struggle because there there were a few people that sort of had to be managed most people were like oh of course you know of course if you're going to put a tracker on me then you need to put it on my bag some people aren't quite as understanding are they so yeah they need to sort of and and you know centurion are a class act and, and they managed it really well in the end but you know last thing you want is complaints from people saying that your race is crap or something just because of the an argument around the tracker but you know that it's it's 99.9% of the time their races are like clockwork aren't they you know they're they're a class operation um so yeah it was it was a good day out and it was a good day volunteering and saw a few people from Portsmouth like Simon Welsh and his daughter um, yeah Simon, good old simon and, and emma yeah they they they're obviously a lot, a lot of races and and helping out i think they went up and, and helped at the was it the west highland way i think it was the spine actually but i think simon had just it'd be worth getting him on the show actually because he's just finished the warwickshire ring am i right yes the new canal race thing they've done so it'd be worth hearing about that because it was a, allegedly a one-off wasn't it yeah al- allegedly but i think there was he may have mentioned they might be thinking of doing it again so ah. it might it might be coming back i don't want to obviously say anything official but um because mm. i don't know um but yeah that was that's just it a guess. Be. It, that, that was obviously a test test pilot wasn't it but i've, yeah. got, I've got to say there's there's a couple of things happening at the moment or is one's happening right now that um we need to give it credit and one thing that that has happened and when i won when when i one run the western states you you won the western states dave (laughs) i I wish i'd won i'd be a very rich man if i'd won the western states so (laughs) when i run the western states i met a guy called tremaine there and um he's a good chap and we 
like chatted and friends on Facebook cross cross each other's paths at all these different races. But he he did um, had a go at the Mark Cobain's um, Three Peaks Ultra. Oh yeah, heard about that. Yep. Which is starts at the base of Ben Nevis, climb up Ben Nevis, run to Scarfell Pike, climb up and down Scarfell Pike, and then run to Snowdon. And he bloody did it as well. And it was something like 450 miles. Wow. That he man they managed in almost nine days. And it and from from what watching them and how it played out on Facebook, it looked like a great event. Yeah. You know, lots of friends being made. And they managed to get something like 17 people over the line to do it as well. Unbelievable. Which, wow. That's incredible, isn't it? But um the other thing that's happening at the moment is Run Britannia, which is Ali Bailey and Rat Race, which is they're doing a, a thousand miles off off road doing um, Lands End, John O'Groats. Oh, Lands End, John O'Groats, yeah, yeah, yeah. Le Jog. Le Jog, off road rather than doing the normal road route. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And they, they left Fort William yesterday. So <laughs> it's just a, a mind boggling challenge that I, I can't get my head head around it for me that's, a, that's know, amazing so, that's yeah. a that's going to be an epic challenge because i'm that yeah, yeah. a thousand miles that's adding on a fair bit of distance onto that but that that reminds me as well there was a guy that um called paul minter that's running the coast of the uk that came through portsmouth last week yeah, yeah. uh i went to go and, go and kind of hook up with him and he's yeah he's um military or ex-military i don't know whether he's currently serving or not but he's uh running for a charity called head up who are building wow. a they're building like a, a holistic kind of like um retreat for ex service service men and women who uh who obviously have like suffer from PTSD or um yeah. you know, kind of need need any kind of like holistic help uh yeah. kind of I guess getting back to to normal everyday kind of routines after serving but um yeah great great kind of charity it was lovely to hook up with him because he was halfway through his distance yeah. um and just like cruising like he was absolutely moving well and he was so full of energy and asking loads of questions and well, yeah, was, it was he amazing. running? Was he or walking? Yeah, he was past. running. Yeah, yeah, running. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So yeah, so it was it was good to kind of hook up with him and and uh, yeah, see what was going on there. Dave, give me one more second. <laughs> I'm just putting I'm putting the um I'm putting the corn on the cob on. Oh okay. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm going to be making a bit Thanks, of noise. I'll go see what the uh what the norms are up to outside of the screen cool. are they are they going out or are they, what are they doing oh there you are hetty what a surprise did you you just surprised me didn't you <laughs> i was looking around so i walked past and she went huh. <laughs> Where, are you going in a minute are you do you want I'll be like five minutes so I can come with you. Okay. Well, well, I, don't know. Minutes, I don't know well. how you're going to be, so I thought I'll, I'll just I'll just give help quickly whilst you're on the phone. Okay. I don't know how long well, we're we're literally sort of almost done. I think. Hi, Dave. We're back. I'm back. Yeah, we're 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 almost done. <laughs> hi, yeah. Hi, I was just hi, popping everybody. out, so I'll probably head out with her to get some fresh air and stuff. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. So um. So Dave, listen. Um. I think we probably could have could have spoken for a lot longer and stuff, but uh, I've got the Serpent Trail 100K this weekend, which I'll be able to report back on maybe next week or the week after if we if we get another show together. And um, 
Yeah. I've got I've got some interesting guests uh, that I'd like to get onto the show as well, um, including a a runner and doctor from Portsmouth who's who's agreed to come onto the show at some point. So oh, it'd be brilliant. great to get uh, to get him on as well. Brilliant. Oh, I, I met a guy from Clanfield the other day that's doing the 100k surfing trail. So if you guys see anyone, if they got their name on their bibs or whatever, if you see yep. Danny Symington, say hello okay. to me. Um, I'm okay. going to try and get to the finish line for that one because it's only up the road, isn't it? So. Oh, brilliant! It'll be lovely to yeah. see you. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep. I'll, I'll keep, keep. I'll keep in contact via WhatsApp and let you know how it's going. But my yeah, mind definitely. is just so not in this race, dude. I'm just like. I, I've got a little bit of kind of like mind fatigue going on with racing. I, think, yeah. I just need to just, I'm just going to turn up on the day and just do it. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Take it in your stride, Dan. Take it in your stride. Yeah. But before we go as well, I just wanted to, you know, obviously we spoke about the South Downs Way 100. Just wanted to say a massive congratulations to, to any of the listeners who ran that because there were quite a few from Portsmouth going back to face demons, running their first hundred mile races. I know Craig, who we've had on the show from Runner, did his did his hundred miler so well done Craig that was yeah. absolutely brilliant and obviously yeah to everyone kind of and racing Jeff. and Jeff and Jeff as well who we mentioned as well doing that yeah. with Jason crewing him as well the week after he crewed for me yeah. so a double weekend for Jason but yeah just just incredible Kat, you know keep keep on Cassia racing everyone. did as well didn't she um, who was that out on the show a few weeks ago Cassia she finished the South Downs hundred. Yes, Cassia, well done on finishing that as well. That was yeah. brilliant. Um, and a few other people, Louise Griffin from Baffins, who I've had on the show, she she finished as well after uh, a DNF a couple of years ago. So, yeah, just just really inspiring to see everybody getting through their races. And, yeah, just fantastic. So so well done to you all. Um, Dave, I hope you have a wonderful uh, afternoon and e- evening with with Hetty and Heather. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. And um, I look in- forward to catching up with you very soon. Yeah, yeah, totally. Enjoy your dinner, mate. Thank you, mate. Happy training. Speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.